0: Tonight is going to be our final episode of the series Legacy, and Paul and I are going to talk tonight about different people in our lives uh, professionally and spiritually that have um, shaped us, uh, taught us things that influenced us through the years, and got a few extra stories thrown in a little bit uh, about my time in the Army, and uh, Paul's going to talk to us about how he came in possession of a Playboy magazine, so stay tuned for that. hope you guys enjoy the episode, and... uh, Thank you for joining us.
1: I think God's calling me to preach. And she said, I thought you died. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went forward in this little church, seats 120 people, the following Sunday and said, I've been called to preach. Uh, A few days later, as I was coming home from school, Richie was sitting up on the front porch in a swing with Mother. and uh, when I got up there, he said, "I want you to preach for me Sunday."
0: <laughs> I said, "So I, let me get this straight. you were how old 18. 18. You came to you came forward and said, "I want to preach." He, this is within 24 hours of that, that he's at your house and no saying,
1: I didn't say I wanted to preach I said I was
0: called to called pre- to preach
1: I didn't say I wanted
0: to preach <laughs> but that same day he came up to you and said I'm gonna have you preach next week
1: no a few few days later okay a few days later he uh, was came to our house and was in the swing with mom. And when I came up on the porch, he said, I want you to preach for me Sunday.
0: What do you think that him and your mother talked about?
1: Well, he probably... uh, Mother said, when Richie walked into a room, the room was just richer. So he probably uh acted in a in a uh, reassuring way to my mother that this call this call must be real
0: so do you think that 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 having him preach was really just to see if you're serious or not
1: no he he believed with all his heart mm-hmm. that it had happened mm-hmm.
0: uh so when this happened, and you've told me many times that you were thunderstruck or, you know, you've used a domestic experience, you've used a lot of, a lot of um, terms for that. But but when that happened, were you um, at one of his sermons when this occurred? No. Or by yourself? No, I don't remember.
1: I, I was coming home from church, but I don't remember a word that was said in church that day. Hmm. Not a word.
0: Wow! So, when did you tell him that you made that announcement? Was that in front of the church? Uh,
1: yes, the following Sunday, uh-huh. I came forward and said, yeah. "God has called." I think God has called me to
0: preach to yeah. him. Yeah. So he went there and talked to you. Did he talk to your dad? Uh,
1: no. My dad was not yet a Christian,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and my dad later said. Uh, well, but um, <laughs> you're always into something. and But I tell you what, uh, I'll back you, even if I have no confidence in it. Even if you robbed a bank, I'd probably get you off. Mm. But, uh, well, it's not what I want for you. Mm. But I'll
0: back you. Why, why don't you think he wanted it for you?
1: Uh, I, he ran the power plant, and I had talked about going to engineering school at the University Mm -hmm. of Kentucky, electrical engineering, Mm -hmm. but I, I would have never made it. So
0: this is early 50s? Uh, 1953. Okay. Yeah.
1: 1953. And Richie said to me, I want you to preach for me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so the little church failed, just filled basketball. Everybody knew you. Basketball coach on the front row. Yeah. He was an elder in the Christian church. And uh, so I got up. And I preached against everything I could think to be against. Mm-hmm. And after about 20 minutes, I ran out. <laughs> so I looked down at the song leader as to say, do something, man. I'm done.
0: <laughs> Pastor Richie didn't give you any guidance on what what to do or how to do it or no how long or nothing. So why don't you credit... Richie is being influential in your spiritual life then because he said yes or did he advise you in any way or because he uh, gave you your first shot? uh,
1: Then he had me to uh, have a weekend revival uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and he said to me I couldn't afford to go to Georgetown College but you can and he took me in a car and took me up there and introduced me uh, to Dr. Redding, who had gotten his doctorate under A.T. Robertson, who may have been the best Greek scholar in 400 years. They put me with Don Zacharias on the debate team.
0: So where did did Pastor Richie come back into the scene? It sounded like he gave you your shot, Was it encouragement? I mean, was it spiritual guidance? I mean, how did he really influence you?
1: I stayed in contact with him
0: always. He was an advisor to you?
1: No, he said, I appreciate your friendship.
0: What did you think?
1: Well, but he was such
0: an encourager. So, you think you'd gone and you think if he hadn't been there, you wouldn't have gone into the pastor to be a pastor? Oh, no, no,
1: that's a different thing. I was thunderstruck. And I, with all the background, all the degrees, everything, that's one I can't explain.
0: So, you wouldn't credit him for you being in the pastor, being a pastor then?
1: No. I've often thought, you sure have <laughs> surprised me, God. Richie said, why don't you, he was pastor of a little church in Evansville then. He said, why don't you come and start a church in Evansville? I went to Evansville and started a church in a brick house in the basement. And God gave us Three acres, with a four-car garage, and a brick house. We closed in the garage. That's where I started preaching. Yeah. So
0: he was pretty influential in just getting you getting you into the ministry, and then getting you off to your first church. That was your own. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this question myself, and um, I thought about it. And I've talked to you about my pastor in Monroe, uh, Reverend Jorner. And she had a, and she reminds me a little bit of what you're talking about with your Pastor Richie. She always encouraged, anybody that said they were called, she would give them, she would give them a forum to preach always. And so out of that little church, uh, she, man, I can't remember how many it was, but I know when I was there, she probably called out 12 or 15 people on that little church out in South Monroe. That went into the ministry or went to seminary and opened church and started churches. I even went to her one time and said I wanted was called to preach, and she she had me preach Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. I probably preached six times uh, when I was young. It didn't matter what age you were. We she had a lot of high school kids. There's another friend of mine named Scott Covington that when he was in high school said he wanted to preach and, let, and she let him preach too. And so she didn't have any any problems letting go of the pulpit to let people, if they were called, to give them them a try. For me, it ultimately didn't turn out that way. Uh, But for Scott, um, he did, and he became a preacher even now. Uh, But there's a lot of them out there that she had a big, big influence on. But she's not the one I picked. You know who I picked for my spiritual, who had the most influence on me was Pastor Sam. Had some good preachers I've been under, but Sam is, you know, to me was the epitome of what a pastor ought to be. I always thought he was solid theologically, and and he could always relate the Bible personally. And he saw people for being people and didn't insist that they be one way or the other. I I just always appreciated that and helped me in some very, very dark times uh, that were very, very difficult. Very difficult. He was the one I would call And I was was fortunate to be under George Mason, Wilshire, and and George helped me a lot, too. Theologically, the most brilliant pastor I've ever heard. I I wish I could have stayed under him longer. We moved out to Plano and and left Wilshire after 10 years. But I guess there's three people that I would put in a a spiritual sense be those three pastors, but... But probably that, that other student I told you about, Scott Covington, probably had the biggest influence on me in evaluating my personal spiritual life because when he started looking at his spiritual life, it really made me start looking at mine. And I think I give Scott credit really for spurring me to see a personal relationship with Christ more so than anybody else just because of his example. Our careers are very different. We have a lot of parallels. We have some parallels spiritually, but um, we probably have very little professionally. Everybody's got people that help them in their careers. And you've had two careers. You've had one as pastor and and then another as counselor. Um, my, my career was in uh, technology and project management and leadership type roles and i had to think a lot about this because i've had some really really good people and companies i've worked for but i have to i want to land on two people one can't remember his name (laughs) when i was in the military i was in the louisiana national guard when i was right out of school graduated from high school and went straight into boot camp and then was in the national guard for six years that's how i got paid my way through college um The guard paid my tuition, but I was in the military and I was with a bunch of uh, military veterans were were in the guard and uh, I was enlisted. So I worked in the headquarters in this headquarters company, but in there you would have these different commanders would be as as part of this, uh, part of this battalion. But the one we had company commanders, battalion commanders, Uh, executive officers, but the one guy that made the most influence on me was um, the command sergeant major. And so the command sergeant major is over all written listed men over the entire group um, that's, that's there. It's a very high rank. It's the highest ranking enlisted person you can get. So every officer outranks him because he's enlisted. But what struck me about him was that even though everybody that was an officer outranked him, every officer treated him with respect. When he walked in the room, those guys were were extremely uh, deferential to him because he just had that kind of presence about him. Mm-hmm. He, he was that kind of leader. He had that kind of gravitas. So that really, really struck me. Um, and I modeled my entire professional career after that guy for the person that he was. The wisdom he brought, and I just thought that was really, really strong. He tried to emulate those qualities um, as a as a leader. Was never comfortable with executives and organizations I worked for. I like being with the people who are doing the work, and that's what this this is what this guy showed well, me.
1: Well, I never particularly cared to spend time with my fellow preachers. I had more of a propensity to spend time with guys like you. Mm. Ken Raxdale, uh we called as minister of music and youth. He was 6'5", and when he was light, he weighed 300 <clears throat> pounds. A delightful human being. Mm. Now, there's a funny story. He had taken the kids out to... Uh, to Grand Canyon and the bus broke down and he saw the two couples that were with them back in the back of this next bus that they brought on and he didn't think anything about it and he got up in the parking lot because that's what they'd go sing in the parking lots and he opened his music and <laughs> And there was a Playboy magazine. (laughs) Oh, no. And and he came back, and he was telling me the story. Mm -hmm. And I looked at my watch, and I was due to be uh, in Chattanooga for arrival. And I was about to miss the plane. So I dashed out of my office, caught the plane, spent the week in Chattanooga, came back, walked into my office, and there was a Playboy magazine. Oh
0: no, your desk? (laughs)
1: Lying in the middle of my desk. Oh no. Cause that
0: night looked for a Sunday
1: school class. The Sunday school class that uh, Steve leading or presiding over, it looked good to me and Cosette because it was a give and take. So Steve and I became close friends. I've just developed so many friendships. Uh, Ray Myers came walking into the Sunday school class one day. We went to lunch, and I said, I'd like to be your friend. He said, well, I thought we already were. (laughs) I said to a guy named John, meaning you, could we work on something together? You got back to me, and you said, we're going to do podcasts. And I said, I don't even know what podcasts (laughs) are. And you said, well, I don't really myself, but we're going to do podcasts. <laughs>
0: That's right.
1: Now, it was uh, Jim, who had an inner city, would go down every Thursday night. I started going down on Thursday night with them. And Jim said to me, they're kind of surprised how old you are. You're going to be the designated prayer." And Jim and, uh, and uh, several others hand out clothes, food. And I'd move through the crowd and say, can we pray together? And a lot of people said, yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you mentioned some names there that have been really influential for me, too. That class, uh, Rockin' the Hard Place, was one of the best Sun school classes I've ever been in. Uh, he's one of the best Sunday school teachers I've ever had. Um, I remember when he started that class, he had the idea that it was going to be a place for people who, you know, who wanted to talk and, and, and kind of step away from the traditional and take on really hard subjects and be willing to talk about them. And, um, but his ability to facilitate that is pretty remarkable because he's taken on some, some pretty hefty topics. Before. <laughs> It was a wonderful time. Steve got me involved with the homeless ministry too. Um, he's been a great influence on me sp- spiritually. Got me involved with the homeless ministry, which I would have never done that if he hadn't done it. But he encouraged me to do it. So he's really taught me a lot spiritually. He's gone through some terrible hardships uh, in his family. and Managed that spiritually and emotionally. It's just you know how strong he was and uh, through all that and just... I just admire him, him and Catherine both uh, a great deal, and Ray Meyer is one of the smartest people I've ever met. He's amazing.
1: He really is. Yeah. So I so enjoy you and and Steve and Ray and just on and on and on. Jim.
0: Yeah. What a servant, right? Uh, He's been doing that ministry for. Thirteen years.
1: So, yeah. But when when the evening's over, he says, how many people did you pray with?
0: He wants to know.
1: Yeah. And and I've been going down there uh, long enough now that some come up and say, do I get my prayer tonight?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh,
1: So it's...
0: All those guys have made a big impression on me, too. I've it's,
1: um, it's, 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 pastored a long time, everything. And and I guess I left a legacy because here somebody calls me, you know, and they're 80 years old.
0: Well, but, I, I will tell you, though, Paul, that, that you certainly... I didn't know you well before we started the homeless ministry when we were in Sunday school together, but it's during the homeless ministries where I really got to know you. I have to really sit back and it's like, man, I have to really admire somebody who is eighty-six. It's difficult for you to get around sometimes. I mean, those are difficult, those are difficult um circumstances down there. Difficult people, difficult conditions.
1: I'm and, actually uh, eighty-nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're 86 when we started the homeless yeah. ministry, yeah. and I would, uh, but I would look at that and it's like you know, you are a person who um, wants to be who wants to be used by God for His kingdom in any capacity that you can, and you looked at this homeless ministry and said, you know, that's a place that I'm I, I'm called and that's where I'm going to serve. You know, and anybody in in my
1: would, in my head, I say, as long as I live and breathe, I want to be an instrument of grace. Well, the thing is,
0: you're doing it more than just saying it in your head. You're actually going out there and doing it. And hot weather, cold weather, rainy weather, sunny weather, you come down there and you and you offer a spiritual light to these guys who 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 need it. And I just really admired your conviction and your dedication to service to the kingdom. You've given your entire life to it from the time you're 18 until to this day. You're serving either in the homeless. You're going to be teaching here next week at 89. And you and I are doing a podcast that we, every chance you get, you, you express the gospel. You tie it back to Christ every time we do one of these podcasts. Well,
1: one of the exciting things that happened, here was a gal that just bubbled and bounced down there. I call her Susie. I had a Bible, Crystal Cathedral, and I gave her that Bible. Well, she's gotten back in there, and Susie is just... Precious, and she carries that crystal cathedral Bible around. Yeah.
0: and I tell you, she's doing so much. You know, she loves going down there with us on Thursdays, and um, and she and I have talked about it often about how important that ministry is to her, as well as Paula uh, Muncy, who's down. There. Oh
1: yeah, she's.
0: I would say though, Paul, that when I first went down there on the homeless ministry, and we're talking about people you know, people in our lives who've made an influence on us. She is one who did too. And while Steve is one who got me down there, Paula's one who showed me how you're supposed to do that ministry. And I was real standoffish. I mean, I never, I'm I'm standing 20 feet back, just watching what's going on. Well, not Paula. Paula comes to these people and gives them a big hug and knows their names and asks them about what's going on in their life and knows what's going on in their life, follows up with them on things that are going on in their life, um, ask them about things that she knows about them and treats them and just treated them like neighbors. And when I saw that, I was like, well, that's what this ministry is all about. She was showing God's love through her actions. And, and when I saw the way she did that, I said, well, this is way different than I thought it was going to be. And she really modeled for me the way that this ministry is supposed to work. And Steve does the same thing I guess we've all had um people that inspired us, motivated us through encouragement on Pastor Ritchie to help a young kid get into the ministry, or even in eighty nine you've got people that are. You know, encouraging you to continue to serve and opening doors still. Just different doors, right? Yeah. Richie opened a door for you to get in the ministry, and Jim opened the door for you to join his ministry. You, but you, my friend, are someone who always says yes if there's an opportunity to serve, and it's an inspiration to me. And it's me spiritually personally, and um, I've learned a great deal from you, and you're an inspiration to me.
1: Well, I'm on your team
0: well, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed talking about this. There's, uh, we, we have a lot to be grateful for, you and I both, about the people that have been in our lives, that God has been in our lives. This helped us um, in all aspects of our life. There's a lot more. I've got more names written down here I need to get to that are good friends of mine that I owe a great deal to.
1: Well, for Enjoy. those who are listening, Christ can change your life and give you purpose and joy. Come, let us reason together.
0: Well, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed talking about this. There's uh, We we have a lot to be grateful for, you and I both, about the people that have been in our lives, that God has put in our lives. This helped us um, in all aspects of our life. There's a lot more. I've got more names written down here I need to get to that are good friends of mine that I owe a great deal to.
1: Well... Um, For those who are listening, Christ can change your life and give you purpose and joy. Come let us reason together.